The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum listeners and welcome to another edition of The Future Show here on Inspire FM. I'm your host Amr Azam. The Future Show is a look at all things careers and education in our town. In this edition, we feature interviews with talented young women from Luton who share their experiences at university and their career aspirations. They are in conversation with Nuria Malik and Insha Khan, guest presenters for this show. We are always looking for people to join us here on the Future Show and do get in touch with us if you would like to contribute. We now hand over to Nuria and Insha. Assalamu alaikum everyone. I hope you're all well and welcome to our segment of the Future Show. Today, my good friend Nuria and I will be hosting the show and we'll be discussing women in education. The first part of the show will be hosted by me, Insha, and I'll be joined by two guest speakers, Anira and Faria, who will tell us a bit more about their career choices. Um, guys, so part two of the show will be hosted by myself, Nuria, but I will be joined with Rakea, Sumeya and, and Ira. And I will be discussing university applications and life at university and all the exciting things that uni has to offer. We hope that you enjoy. Compared to life in the early 20th century, where women were simply not even allowed to vote, we are in a much more privileged position today where women are seen as equivalents to men rather than inferior. We, lived in, we live in a world today where education is at our doorsteps, whether that's state education, private or homeschooling. Every child regardless of gender, must legally be in education in the UK after the age of five. We have endless opportunities to show where, how or what we want to study. Some people choose not to attend sixth form or university and would rather work, whereas some continue to remain in education until postgraduate levels at times. Recently, apprenticeships have become a lot more popular due to employers appreciating experience rather than qualifications. And I think we'll see a rise in the number of people choosing this path. I'm going to invite my first guest speaker, Faria, to tell us a bit more about herself, the career choices she made and how she got there. Over to you, Faria. Assalamu alaikum, guys. Um, I'm Faria. So in terms of the career choices I have, I'm currently at uni and I do design engineering. Um, how I got there in college, I used to study further maths, maths and computer science. The reason I chose those, um, I've always been academic, so I decided to go down a route with subjects that seemed um, like they went well together. And when looking for courses at uni I had a completely different path to what I actually ended up doing um, the thing that really changed that path for me was visiting the unis I had um, one vision in mind of where I was going to go and what actually I was going to study but then visiting the unis really changed all of that um, it really took experiencing the places as well as the courses to find which one I really liked and currently now I am in a gap year doing an internship just to get industry experience, which is something I'm really enjoying. And then inshallah next year I will be graduating in my course. That's really nice to hear that you've chosen such a unique subject, design engineering. Now, when we think of engineering, we usually think that's sort of a male dominated field. Do you feel that difference? How's your cohort like? Are there a lot more ma- uh, men in your um, university seminars or do you think there's a balance between men and women? Um, definitely I've always felt that in all the core subjects I've studied as well as my degree at uni is definitely male dominated. Um, I think that is instead of pushing me away from the subject it's actually shown that there is a niche in the market for women in engineering. Everyone knows that we want more women in STEM in general so um, I don't think it's put me off studying, but it's definitely more male-dominated in the whole field that I work in. Now, you mentioned STEM subjects. That stands for science, technology, engineering and mathematics. And there is a gap. There's a lot more men in that field than women. How do you think um, we can get more women into that field? What can we do to persuade them or um, show them what the field's about? Um, 
I definitely think it's about representation first and foremost. If women don't see other women in these positions, that they won't have anything to aspire to. So I think the more we try and strive to be in these roles, younger women will look up and see that it's possible and it is doable. Um, also, a lot of them think that they probably can't get into something like that or they won't try. So I think we want to show that it is actually something enjoyable and just something achievable for them. And did you do anything specifically during your high school years or your sixth form years that you think really made a difference and helped you get into this university to study design to engineering? Um, I think the subjects themselves were, I think anybody would say they're quite difficult, but I think it's just keeping on top of keeping on top of it and also um, I was lucky enough to kind of have a sense of where I wanted to go before picking these subjects. I really thought hard about the subjects because I wanted them to all link and have a pathway just so I could find it could be easier for me when making the decision about going to university. So I think really taking the time to pick the subjects that work best for you about it's about what you enjoy and also the ones that link together so I think there's doing that taking the time to do that is really important it will set you up for success um, later on. So the key message essentially is do what you enjoy and then also choose subjects that will open the doors to a lot of pathways. I like how you put those both together. Earlier you mentioned you visited the universities and that made a big difference as to where you ended up today. Can you tell us a bit more about that? What were you looking for? Was there anything specific that you had a requirement for or something that you didn't like in other unis? So um in my mind, I always had the idea of, excuse me, in my mind, I always had the idea of going to a Russell Group uni, um, ones in London. So Queen Mary, which is what I currently go to, is, is that exactly. But I had a few other options in mind. When I visited them, um, I looked, first of all, I looked on their websites for what courses they offer. And I definitely got rid of the ones that don't offer the course that I wanted, which was design engineering. But um, every single uni offered offered the course in a different way. So when I saw the way other unis were offering, I actually didn't, I really didn't like it. That's why I ended up picking the uni I'm at now is because I really liked how they offered the course. Um, and in terms of the uni itself, you want to, when you visit the campus, it's, it's a bit different. You you think as well, you think about uni life as well as what you're studying and I just wanted to be somewhere I felt like I fit in and I could be myself and just enjoy my experience there which is definitely what gravitated me towards the uni I go to right now. And you mentioned that you're in a gap year at the moment can you tell us a bit more about your internship because that's not something that's very common what are you what you're up to is it like a nine-to-five internship do you go somewhere is it online working tell us a bit more about that. Yeah so my internship um, my degree is actually not a sandwich year so I ended up taking the year completely out to do this only because the opportunity arose. Um, I applied for a few internships and I only applied for one year long and this is the one I actually ended up getting. It is, I essentially I work in HR at L'Oreal which is a company in London um, which doesn't sound like it's anything to do with my degree but honestly I took it for opportunity's sake. It's a global company and it's the corporate, it is a nine-to-five corporate job and um so far I've been there since the since summer so a couple of months now and I'm just really learning a lot about how that world works and what I'm also finding is that my skills I've learned at uni are extremely transferable and I can apply them to this um to this job even though it might not necessarily be a direct correlation to what I study um but yeah I know I'm really happy that I did take my internship because I've learned a lot and it's only been a short time and inshallah I'll be there for the rest of the year and I can really use what I've learned to then help me graduate next year. That's really nice to hear and I just wanted to ask you, um, you chose to go to university to study design engineering but you'd really enjoy your internship year as well. Is there a 
like an apprenticeship route for design engineering and would you have taken that if it was possible or not? Um, I'm sure there is a apprenticeship route. I know a lot of people go into engineering through doing an apprenticeship um, only because again with engineering it's very hands-on. You do your maths and your physics but you also need to learn the practical skills so I know that a lot of industry experience is is recommended when going into engineering. I personally, I think I am, I lean more academic. So I prefer, I would prefer going to uni to study this. Um, but the good thing with my uni experience is that it is very hands-on itself. I'm learning both the theory as well as the practical. Um, but if there was, if someone had the option to do engineering, I definitely think that is something feasible as well. And it would get you in the same place because engineering is usually a field that a lot of apprenticeships offer. Lovely. Thank you so much, Faria. I think it's really interesting to see a young woman in internship. So thank you very much for your perspective. I'm now going to hand over to my good friend, Anira, who's going to tell us a bit more about herself. And I think her experience is very, very unique. Um, Anira, tell us a bit more about what kind of qualica- uh, qualifications you already have and what you're studying now. Assalamu alaikum and Shah, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. So uh, I was asking about my uh, previous education. So I have done my graduation in nutrition. So I am a nutritionist, by the way. But uh, right now I am studying a postgraduate MSc course in public health uh, in Northampton University. Um, and where did you get this uh, nutrition degree from? I think it's really interesting for people to see your journey. Yeah, uh, actually, I'm from Pakistan. So uh, I live in Lahore. So there's a medical college, Rashid Chief Medical College. So I got my degree from there. So, yeah. And Anira, why did you choose to come to the UK to do your master's here rather than staying in Pakistan? Uh, because uh, in First of all, a uh, master's degree in Pakistan is two years course and here it's only one year. So that was a benefit as well because I really want to start my career like as uh, working and everything. So because in Pakistan you can't work part time like I can here as well while studying and everything. So that's the first difference. And the second thing is there are a lot, a lot of career opportunities regarding public health and uh, nutrition as well so that's why I chose another path after my graduation as nutrition and public health they are kind of related as well but they are two different fields so I chose public health because uh, it's a very vast field and it is I, I can feel that there's a lot of career opportunities for public health in UK so that's why I chose this and that's why I decided to come to UK as well and uh if i think about uh going to any other country so that was another uh, uh, that was uh the reason that you i chose uk because it's the same reason that it only has uk is the only country that offers one year masters and yeah that's really nice to hear did you have any sort of issues with your application or adjusting to life in the uk or has it all been smooth I uh, know smooth is not the word, but yeah, the application process, it's a very long, long, long process. Uh, I usually planned, uh, like I plan my uh, future in UK, like uh, during my graduation degree as well. So it was all pre-planned and everything, but still it took a lot, a lot long time. So I finished my degree last year in September, but I started everything in the fir- in the beginning of last year. And it took me a whole year because my course here started in February 2022, but it took me a whole year for all the process because there's a lot of paperwork involved. Like you have to do some English tests as well. You have to do a TB test as well. You have to do bank statements. You have to do a whole visa process. You have to get your degrees, your school, college, university degrees, and then you have to apply to different universities then the process is you apply to a university, then they offer you a conditional and unconditional offer letter. Then they ask you for an interview after you got your unconditional letter. So I got uh, an interview as well. So the credibility interview. And I did. I think I did well in that. So that's why I'm here. And then after that, once you have done with the uh, 
everything like paperwork interview and everything so then they ask you to make a deposit and then you do that and then they will send you a cash letter so then your university part is done but then it's up to you to do the visa process so then i started doing my visa process so there's a lot of visa there are a lot of paperwork involved in visa process so yeah that was a whole journey on itself the visa process yeah and then my visa process was crazy and then i got my visa after like applying i applied my visa and then it came back after two weeks so i got my visa and in the same week i applied my I applied for the tickets and got the tickets and then I came here and when I came here so yeah that's a, a whole different world as compared to Pakistan as compared to my life in Pakistan because I left my family there so here I don't have family I don't have friends and it was all new for me thank god thank god for my sister here so it made me a little relaxed but yeah and now I'm having friends and after like seven months I'm here since february so it has been seven months now thankfully thankfully alhamdulillah i have a lot of friends uh including you guys and everyone i'm working i'm studying as well and my course is almost near the end i'll be graduating in february next year so alhamdulillah for all this so all the hard work was worth it i can say on my behalf i'm so proud of how far you've come as well to have to apply for university which is so difficult for UK students as it is but as an international international student we know the fees are a lot higher you had to do your whole visa process yourself and then you came here with no family or friends and you've adapted so well um what would you say was the hardest part of adjusting to life in the UK whether that's your personal life or at university so the first thing as you said about uh the fees so i'll just want to add another point that there's a whole lot of difference between the currency so 1 pound is equal to 252 rupees in pakistan so you can imagine now like what's a huge difference it is between the currency and so as you have asked about the struggles and everything so yeah I- I had faced a lot of struggle because uh, first thing is in my country you uh, first I'll talk about uh, uni life so in my country you only study through books and it's exams and everything but here when I came here for masters and everything so it was all related to critical reviews uh, research work writing essays and in my first semester i was literally scared i used to cry so much i was like how am i going to do this but right now i have done my two semesters are gone and i have got two distinctions as well so i think that i have adapted as well so that was the that was a huge difference between the you know the type of examination and everything and then uh, as compared to other struggles like adjusting here it's like starting from scratch i don't have friends and everything so yeah i struggled making friends and people here they don't like making friends because they already have their life here so they don't involve new people in their life so yeah you you have to find some people who are in the same shoes as you so yeah they can understand you and that they are they're not very common here you can't find them so yeah nobody can understand whatever you're going through so that's another point and the other thing is uh i really miss my family and I am uh, living in Luton right now but my university is in Northampton so I have to travel for my class like every day for 2 hours uh 2 hours going and then coming back again so it's like 4 hours traveling a day and then I get to uni 3 days a week and then 3 days a week I'm working so it is hectic plus studying as well so yeah it's very difficult I must say but as you guys all my colleagues and all my friends here they all used to say me in the first month that it will be all worth it and now i can feel it that it is worth it so yeah i think it's admirable to see how much of a change you went through from your personal life to university life and where do you see yourself going in the future because your degree is almost coming to an end 
Um, do you see yourself working in the UK? Do you see yourself going back to Pakistan? Um, what are your aspirations and how do you think you'll make those possible? So first of all, as uh, if I think about going back to Pakistan and working there, so if I compare two uh two uh you know two part of my life as when i was in pakistan and i was uh thinking to work and everything so at that time i couldn't get any kind of opportunity if i applied job at that time if i uh, if i think that i can live in uh, pakistan and apply a job and start working here so that was very difficult at that time because um it's very difficult to find a job in Pakistan. And when I'm here and I'm a UK graduate now, and if I go back to my country, so yeah, there'll be a whole lot of opportunities for myself. And as I have groomed as well, I have groomed my personality. And now I can say that I am an independent woman. So yeah, that's a whole lot of difference that has, uh, like my personality has changed, my life has changed, my views, my perspectives, all everything has been changed so now i can see that uh if i stay if if i stay in uk and if i stay in pakistan so i think that i will be having a good and bright future after all this hard work and if i stay in uk so my decision right now is that i'm planning to stay in uk and start working here i'll start working here and try to build my life here because now i am existing and i'm liking this new life here it's all independent you get new friends everybody here is so 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 welcoming and so heartwarming so it's very nice here and it's like you have i have earned this so i don't want to lose it now everybody here respects me because all, all of my hard work so i really want to be here and give it a chance that let's see what happens what future brings to me and here i feel like the opportunities the career opportunities in public health will be much more better than you in pakistan so i am planning to stay in uk and start working in health sector and everything and to the girls in Pakistan who want to follow your footsteps, what would you say to them? Would you rec- recommend um, the choice that you made and the path that you chose? Or what would you do differently um, had you had the opportunity to go back and change something? Uh, so I will say my first thing that I will say is go for it, girls. Go for it. It's a whole new experience for your life. It will make you independent. It will change your whole life. It will change your perspectives. It will change your way of thinking. It will change everything in your life. So I think that you should go for it because this decision has made me stronger. It has made me stronger in every uh, aspect of my life. Like I can, as uh, if I see myself as like a personal personal life, and if I see my professional life it has changed everything i am way more stronger confident and uh, independent right now so i will say to everybody in pakistan every girl that go for it and i do recommend everyone in pakistan to come here for a master's degree because if you come here for a graduate degree so four years studying here with working without your family is difficult it is difficult plus affording a fee uh for like a four-year degree and uh because you know you are here so you can only afford your living and everything so your fees has to be sent by your parents so a fee for a four-year is so difficult like you can't like a family in pakistan they can't afford a four-year fee here so my suggestion is to everybody that complete your degree there get a profession and after that you can apply to a degree in UK for a master's program so then you can just come here for one year and work here and now as the laws have changed because uh, going back like four years back so you get a visa for one year and that's it you have to go back to your country um that's finished but for now uh as i have applied my visa on because of this new rule that is you get a visa for one year to complete your degree and once you're done with your degree so there's a change in the rule that allows you to stay here for two years so that is called post work post study work visa 
so that is like a whole two years visa just to find work and if you get a sponsorship or something from your workplace so it's like a whole new future here and after five years you are you can get the indefinite uh, remain to leave and everything so my suggestion is that come for this rule and everything that has changed so i uh, i'll say to everyone in pakistan that avail this opportunity that if you want a future here so that's the time that is the time to complete your degree there in pakistan and then apply for a master's degree in pakistan and then stay complete your degree and they will give you another two years to find and develop and build a whole new new life here so yeah thank you so much for your perspective anira i think it's really interesting to see someone who's come from abroad and studying in the uk is not something we see a lot and also thank you to you faria as someone who's in stem again something very unique um i think you're both inspirations to young girls um in luton who can grow up and go into fields that we aren't exactly used to and for the second part i'm going to hand over to nuria now to discuss with three other guest speakers what they've been doing in terms of their career thank you assalamu alaikum this is atif nawaz listen to inspire fm shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on apple podcasts or spotify Thank you for all that amazing info inshallah that was so interesting to hear and thank you to all our previous guests so salam guys my name is nuria this is part 2 of the show today i will be discussing university applications life at uni with our amazing guests so recently the number of women entering education has rapidly increased in the last 50 years This has been as a result of a lot of social campaigning and many education government policies. Ultimately, these policies have specifically and in a positive light benefited ethnic minority women. Furthermore, recent statistics have highlighted that more women than men are now applying and completing their undergraduate studies within the United Kingdom. Therefore, This increase makes it even more important to ensure that women's voices are heard and represented within the community, which may have a positive influence on how women globally view the concept of education and what this really means for them. So, let's hear about our guests' experiences at uni and how their application processes have went. Our first guest will be Rakeel. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, Hamda. If you could just please introduce yourself and what course you do and whereabouts. Thank you. Uh, so I'm Rakeel. So I recently graduated from City University and I started studied Maths with Finance and Economics. So how are you finding your course at the moment? Oh, I graduated now, but when I was doing it, um, it was all right. Thing is, I've come from like a maths kind of background, so that's the reason why I chose it. So, could you please tell me a little bit about your process with applying to City University? Did you use any specific education systems, or did you apply straight through the university website? Um, so we did the UCAS website to apply. Um, but the thing is, when I was applying, I wasn't really sure if I was going to go to university that year. I was thinking of taking a gap year. So when I did my application, it was literally uh, the night before. um so it was quite a bit hectic that time um but hamda it was quite good um, i had like my uncles and other resources online that i used to actually do the application and drafting my um uh, personal statement as well so would you say you had quite a lot of support throughout the university process from like your family and the schools yeah i think a lot of people think you're going to do this by yourself but a lot of people are willing to read your personal statement and actually give you advice on what course to take i think that's quite important because you don't want to do a course for 3 years that you don't like so i should do the research on what you want to choose to do and also think about what you're going to do in the future because at the end of it you're going to look at the career perspective of it that that kind of makes sense so i did my degree the reason why i chose it is because is quite broad 
in different avenues that you could go to, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's really true. Three years is a very long commitment, to be fair. But throughout those three years, what was your favourite module and what did you really like learning throughout your course? Uh, my favorite module is cryptography. Uh, cryptography is basically where you decode a lot of symbols and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't sound fun to other people, but you basically find like a cipher key and basically decode stuff using maths. Um, but a lot of the maths kind of modules were my favorite. I did obviously economics and finance because it was quite new to me. It was a bit of a struggle, but I think once you get into it, it's quite fun. So that's really interesting. So as being a woman in STEM, how have you found that? Like what's been the most beneficial thing you can think of about choosing the STEM avenue? I think as when you go into like a, a course that is very male dominated, you actually kind of feel it as well. But you do have other women that are there, if that kind of makes sense. But I think it kind of opened my eyes to see that it is something that we need to actually focus on and allow other women to not feel intimidated to actually go in that kind of field because it is quite fun but people don't want to go into it maybe because of that reason. That is true so would you feel like you're kind of paving the way for ethnic minority women to enter STEM because as you said it shouldn't be something that women feel intimidated by especially if they have the skills and experience like yourself. Yeah I think if you see people like yourself to say like I'm a a Muslim girl from Luton and they will see that oh that she does a STEM kind of course they are open to that as well because a lot of the thing is talking to your parents about it seeing if they're okay with it and actually pushing past those barriers but if you see someone else that has done it it's quite easy to or easier to actually push yourself to do it if that kind of makes sense I guess it's good if you have a positive role model within like your family home or the school or the community but it's as difficult as university is is there anything that you do out, that you had done outside of university such as extracurricular activities that you feel like had a positive impact upon your overall uni experience yeah, so like one of my biggest advice to people is don't do, don't focus too much on uni. Obviously, do your courses and stuff like that, but do a lot outside of it. So while I was at uni, I did like, do different jobs in different sectors and it helped finding a job, say a graduate, a job that I'm doing at the moment. Um, and it kind of builds your soft skills of say communication skills and your people skills, if that kind of makes sense. Um, but there's loads of opportunities like volunteering jobs, like, like part-time jobs. And it does uh, make sure that you spend your time wisely, if that kind of makes sense. So your time management stuff, your communication, it all kind of goes in that kind of uh, improves in that kind of way. Is there any way that these extracurricular activities such as volunteering and having a job has benefited you on more of a personal level? I think and on a personal level, it has let me uh, meet a lot of people that I feel like are long-term friends. Uh, not in a networking way, which is obviously quite good, but in general, like in a personal way, a lot of the people that I know are, I could always go to them if I need to, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I get what you mean. Is Are there any specific extra, extracurricular activities you would advise young women to enter? Uh, one of the things is I think fitness is something that a lot of people, a lot, especially a lot of Asian women neglect. And I feel like it is something that, especially say if you're stressed out or you need something to pass your time, is good to actually get into. Uh, for me, it's a lot, is a big stress relief to actually do a lot of fitness stuff. But at the same time, I met so many women um, that I aspire to be like from that field as well. Fitness is really good whilst university, isn't it? Because I guess it also has a, like a positive effect upon your mental health too. Yeah, I feel like when people think about uni, you're, you think you're going to be in the library 24-7. What I did, I think from the, one of the downfalls from having like working part-time was that I literally went to uni and came back home. So the social aspect was actually as much there, if that could make sense. But I feel like you need to have a balance. So have your social aspect, but also think about um your part-time jobs or 
learning how to save. I think a lot of people at that age need to uh, learn how to budget, learn how to save money, uh, all these kind of things that you're going to use in the future. Thank you so much, Rakea, for all of that advice. It's been really lovely to hear from you, ranging from your STEM experiences as well as your extracurricular activities. So now we're going to move on to our next guest, which is Tameya. If you could please just introduce yourself and what course you do. Thank you. So my name's Tameya. I'm 20. I've just started my first year at uni again. Um, I'm studying accounting and business, and that's with PwC as part of a programme that they offer. Um, it's something that I never, ever imagined myself to be studying. Um, I've gone on a bit of a roller coaster journey to get here. So I think I'm going to share some of that with you guys today. So what made you pick your course then in the first place? So I actually have a science background. I took science A-levels. I always wanted to go into the medical field. However, after a few attempts, it didn't work out for me. Um, a friend of mine from college actually told me about this course. Um, I was so determined that I wanted to do medicine that I never even considered any other option. So once I started reading into this, I sort of just applied for it for the sake of it. Um, I didn't think I would get in. So I did my interviews because it did consist of like a group interview and a solo one before I actually got the offer. Um, I had no prior knowledge, no background in it, no experience. So I genuinely did not think I would get accepted and they offered me a firm. So that was, it was quite shocking to see. Um, I also didn't know if I wanted to accept the offer, but obviously I did. And I've started it a few weeks ago now and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I never thought I'd say that, but Alhamdulillah, it did work out for me and I'm really enjoying the course at the moment. But I don't want to speak too soon because I might change my mind. Wow. So this change of direction, which has obviously been very unexpected for you, has still shown a lot of determination and resilience from your side. What is it like working with PWC? So we've been to the office two or three times now. Um, it's like a really big community. Um, I was really nervous about going because, you know, the people in my cohort, they're all 18. They're a few years younger than me. Um, I don't know anyone that was going to that uni or doing that course. So I just sort of threw myself in at the deep end. I didn't know anyone, but I've mixed in really well. I've met a really nice group of girls. Um, I've made, I'm making friends. PwC itself, they were so welcoming when we got there and they've been really hands-on with us. Um, they're really involved with our learning. Um, it's actually quite nice. I didn't expect it at all. So although things may not have turned out how you first expected them in the start, what would you say are the benefits or any positive things that you have learned throughout this whole process so far? So I think the main thing that I've learned is that when things are written for you, they're written for you. And, you know, if they're not written for you to have them, you won't have them no matter how hard you try. Um, I learned that the really difficult way. So like I said, I really wanted to study medicine. I was determined. I even moved abroad to study it, but it just wasn't working out for me. Um, and I would get quite down about it thinking, why is this not working for me? I'm trying so hard. But I feel like it's important to know that when something's not working out for you, it's because there's something so much better written for you and to not dwell on why you're being rejected from certain things because there will always be a better opportunity that's going to come your way. Um, yeah, anyone that knows me knows that I tried so hard to get into medicine. I took two gap years um, and gap years was something that I never, ever wanted to consider taking at all. I was adamant that I did not want to take a gap year. Medicine is the only thing for me and nothing else, like it's medicine or nothing. But Alhamdulillah, now I've started, I'm settling down. Um, I'm actually quite glad it worked out this way. Um, I did work in the healthcare environment for a little bit and the people I spoke to, they said, you know what, it's a good thing you didn't study medicine because it's becoming really difficult to work in the NHS at the moment. Um, and I feel like the experiences that I've had in the two gap years, I wouldn't have learned those skills. I wouldn't have picked up those things if I was to go into uni straight after sixth form um so I think COVID was sort of a blessing and a curse for me 
Wow, thank you for that. So despite everything, you still did manage to have a good experience and experience the benefit of living abroad in a completely new country. Is there anything that that exposed for you or that made you learn anything about yourself? I think it sort of, it forced me to have independence. I think I'm quite spoiled at home. Um, And it's just, I think living alone really makes you appreciate a lot that your family do for you and your friends. Um, So I was completely alone there. I didn't have any friends because I didn't really get on with the other students that went from the UK. Um, But it's just sort of learning your own routine it was the fact that no one's going to come and spoon feed you or remind you or do anything for you. You are literally responsible for all of your own actions. Um, and I think that's important. So if anyone has an opportunity to live out, I would say definitely do it because it teaches you a lot about yourself and it forces you to pick up skills that you won't necessarily learn for a long time. But even if you don't get the opportunity, you will pick up those skills anyway. But living out is a really good opportunity if you're able to take it. So as you were exposed to different culture cultures abroad, would you say that this opened your mind and made you appreciate different cultures as well as your own? I think it made me appreciate the town that we live in so much more. Um, I think I took for granted the sort of community we live in in Luton. Um, we're also open, we're all quite knowledgeable about each other and different religions and cultures and we're quite respectful. And going to, so I was in Ukraine, um, going to a country like that where there's not many people of colour there whatsoever, um, it really like opened my eyes and there was so much more to the world than just, you know, the town that we live in. We're quite lucky to have such a big community, such a big Muslim and Asian community around us. But even the wider community, they're so open with us and we all get on so well and that's not the case everywhere else so I think it really sort of taught me to appreciate my surroundings so much more. Thank you so much for this Samia it's been really really eye-opening and interesting to hear how though you did have a change of direction you've made something extremely positive about this and your optimism and determination is honestly so inspiring. So for the last part of the show I will be introducing Ira with our last guest. Ira, could you please introduce yourself? Just say a little bit about what you do. Assalamualaikum. My name is Ira and thank you so much for having me as a guest speaker on this show. I was actually tearing up listening to Samaya because my journey is so, so similar to her and the things that I'm going to talk about um, relate a lot to that. So I'll start off with talking about kind of what my journey was, what I'm doing right now and kind of what I learned from it. So just like Samaya, I also was really, really determined for medicine. And it just goes to show, I think we kind of live in our own world sometimes where we're like, oh my God, it's so difficult. And, um, you know, like it's so hard, but then you realize there are so many other people that actually are going through the same thing as you. Like it's really eye-opening and it's quite inspiring actually to know that we both kind of overcome a difficulty together. Like, I don't know you at all. This is the first time I'm hearing you speak. But knowing your story and knowing that we both went through the same thing, but now we've overcome that is really, really inspiring. But um, essentially, I applied to medicine the first time round and I um, was unsuccessful. So then I went on to take a gap year. Um, And again, I feel like there is a stereotype surrounding gap years where it's like, oh, if you take gap year, you failed. Or I know from my parents because they have no idea about that UK educational system. I'm the eldest of my family. So I was kind of like the experiment. I'm going through everything. And then it was a lot easier for my siblings, or it is easier now for my siblings. So um, it was unsuccessful. Ended up like having to take a gap here because I knew that I did not want to put myself into a career just for the sake of going to uni. So if there's one like piece of information or piece of advice that I give. And this is for both parents, by the way, to teach your children um, and be a support system for them and also young people listening as well. 
But please, please, please do not hesitate to take time out to really think about what you want to do um, for any situation, for a situation where you don't know what to do. Don't hesitate to take the time out in a situation where you've been unsuccessful. Don't hesitate to take the time out. Um, I keep reminding myself over and over that everyone's journey and everyone's time frame is so different. Um, what I'm meant to do, how I'm meant to do that, and where I end up afterwards is completely different to someone else. So just because I didn't go uni immediately, it doesn't make me any less of um, any less in value, if that makes sense. So anyway, did a lot of work experience in the gap year, um, worked in a lot of healthcare areas because I knew that whatever I did, even if it wasn't medicine, I knew I wanted to be in healthcare um, and ended up really liking pharmacy as a career. I applied to UCL in London, uh, which is one of the best pharmacy schools, um, both in the world and in the UK. And Alhamdulillah, I got in and I was really happy about that. So again, both of us um, started, you know, thinking, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do, how my life is going to end up, but it worked out and Allah closed the door, but he opened alone the one that ended up being better. And I know, like, I just trust that he has something better planned for me and like where I want to do and the values that I want to have, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you for that, Ira. It's so lovely to hear that you're able to relate to other women. I think that's really important for us women to be able to speak about our experiences and know that we're not alone. So what you said was really interesting about the gap here. You mm -hmm. mentioned there may be a little bit of a stigma surrounding a gap year. What did you personally find very beneficial about taking one? Um, I think the most helpful thing was just learning about myself and developing myself as a person. Because I feel like when we're in school for GCSEs, like once we complete GCSEs in year 11, we get rushed into college, then we get rushed into A-levels and we're kind of constantly working, working, working in an academic setting and so we don't really get time to work on ourselves to um, figure out what we want to do and it's really unfair to put this expectation on young people to decide at a really young age what they want to do for the rest of their life so don't worry do what you feel like is best for you at this point in time and just remember directions change you might go into something wanting to do it for ages and then realize okay this is not for me and then change direction and that's completely okay as well um so I worked on um I did a lot of volunteering for charity that's how I met Nuria I, I met her through human appeal volunteering um, which was one of the best decisions I made um it made me realize like the service that I wanted to give I know I'm going to do this for the rest of my life meeting people from different areas of my community realizing that there was a community to begin with because I was so closed off um, and my family don't really speak to a lot of people but kind of really closed off so once I started putting myself out there and talking to different people talking about their journeys how they went into certain careers and what they're doing now it made me it made me realize that there are so many options there are so many people that they're actually to, willing to help you, no matter what kind of backgrounds you both come from and things like that. So, it, you know, it allowed me to explore a lot about myself, learn about the things that I like and allowed me to give me the time to um, put time and effort into things that I actually am really passionate about. That's really, really interesting, Ira. Thank you. I think what you said about learning about yourself, university is such an amazing space to do that because you interact with so many different people from so many different cultures and backgrounds and people that have had different upbringings to you so you mentioned you go to UCL as a university what is that like and are you living on campus or do you commute I'm actually commuting at the moment um as a university so I've just started first year as well um I'm really enjoying it because the uni itself ha does have quite a good support system um just within our first week they kind of told us about um uh, like all of the student advisors that we can go to when we need help they introduced us to the module leaders and who we can go to when we need academic support so in that sense I really really um like the uni 
Um, but apart from that, I really love that it's in London. So for me, um, I'm a very kind of extroverted person. I, I love kind of having a life outside of my academic kind of environment. And so, um, as you said, I genuinely got to meet so many people from like different backgrounds. And one of the friends I actually ended up making, ended up making, who's now really close to me, surprisingly, it's only been two weeks, but, um, she's non-Muslim, but, um, she's learning a lot about what it's like to be a Muslim through me. And I'm learning about where she came from. She went to her situation and like how she came back to be in New Sale is completely different from me. And it's so, so interesting to see like people's journeys and how like you're meeting at this point in time. And it's really amazing. I just, I love it. And I love the lecturers that are teaching me. They have their own stories as well. So, yeah. Thank you so much for that, Ira. I'm so happy to hear that you've had, you've had such an eye-opening and enriching experience. Along with all of our guests, a very, very big thank you to all of you for joining today. We really appreciate and value all of you sharing your insightful experiences and the positive things you've learned as well as your challenges. To all our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed both segments of the show and learned a little bit about university life as well as career choices. Thank you. Assalamualaikum, everybody. I'm honoured to have heard from five amazing, educated young women of Luton who have done themselves and their families so proud and will hopefully continue to do so. I hope the stories shared today motivate young women and men in our generation to follow their dreams and choose a path that suits them and ultimately fulfils them. Thank you to Faria, Anira, Sumeya, Rakea and Ira who have not only just shared the positives of their journey, but have also exposed some of their deepest challenges. It's truly commendable to do this on such a large radio show. Also, a big thank you to the team at Inspire FM for giving us the opportunity to make this happen. In particular, to Amar Azam, our mentor for his continued support and patience with us throughout the making of this episode. To everyone from the editors to the social media team, Nuria and I would like to say a massive thank you. We hope you enjoy listening to us and please stay tuned to upcoming episodes on the future show. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.